Hello and welcome to episode 350 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where small press comics make a big noise. Uh, you'll notice I'm not Vince. He's had to step out uh, for tonight as he's a bit poorly. Uh, don't worry, he'll be back next week. But uh, this is a big show this week. We've hit an anniversary. Uh, 350 Yee. regular episodes. That's Amazing. Good, isn't, isn't that incredible? We do actually get a bit of shit for people saying, well, actually, you're on 360-odd. Yeah, uh, I think we did some specials, didn't we, yeah. or something? Yeah. So, uh, and we don't yeah. care. No, <laughs> we can't in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's and we've got something. We've got something special planned, but we'll yeah. come back. We'll come back to that. And uh, not only that, we're on week two of our uh, March Manga Month. Uh, my name is Dan Butcher, the creator of the webcomic Vanguard. Uh, alongside me stands a bronze titan, the man who never owns anything, Tony Esmond. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, I, I know it's in Vince's script. It says, "Say something stupid about Tony." Yeah, for the weekly script but yeah you change it you put something nice in that's no, nice yeah boosting him up yeah, yeah. Uh, joining us on this merry marathon into <laughs> manga is not one but two special guests first up we have the creator of Skelly Bob friend of the show and comic connoisseur Tom Curry hello hi, hi Tom. Tom hello yeah last minute last minute edition but very welcome yeah. thank you for coming on mate and that's last right, but not yeah. least artist of legacy and know your monsters and the upcoming dragon guard Zach Simmons Hearn hello Hello, mate. Hey, Zach. Hello, fellas. Zach, Hello. can I just say, you've got quite a fucking cool name. From somebody who's called Anthony, you know, which is really annoying by people who phone up and say, is it Anthony? You know, like these cold callers. Being somebody called Zach and then the double-barreled name is very cool, my friend. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, much better. <laughs> Daniel oh, and Anthony, you, you know, on you know, and then you've got, yeah, Thomas. But Zach yeah, is a much cooler name. Three letters. Yeah. It's a bit like being called Topol or something like that. Share. It's cool, isn't it? <laughs> Can you just I go mean, with Zach as a pen name? It. Yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, I was, yeah, it was foist upon me. So, uh, <laughs> I can't complain. Yeah. You've risen to the challenge. Also. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you were found in a rocket ship in a field of uh, wheat. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, uh, with my surname Butcher, there's a kind of like, there's a certain bit of baggage that comes with that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've got a guy coming in, Dan Butcher. Oh, okay. Sounds like a right lively bloke. Yeah, I know what we're going <laughs> to get from this. It's like, no, you don't. I'm, yeah. I'm way worse. I get people saying to me, I get, I get people ringing up and going, oh, Anthony Osmond? Fuck off. Read the letters. Yes, thank you. You know, we, there's loads of other creators who've got as <laughs> well. Slightly ham-fisted that Oh, one. we're so but good at this uh, one, Vince. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Comic House. Hey. Comic House is an indie comic marketplace of a difference. There's a huge selection of titles in a database, and if you self-publish then you list your book on there for free and start selling straight away. They have a featured section on their site and uh, also on their app. It's like Netflix for comics. It's only £3 a month and you get access to a massive library of digital indie uh, comics. Um, what great stuff can we find on there, Tony? Well, I thought we'd do the top 10. I thought we could yes. do like a top 10 of what's on there. So the top 10 are as follows. Um, I've not heard of this comic before. The 77. That's at the number one spot. That was a new one on me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, um, which is um, an anthology which has Strange Haven in. Number three is Teddy Boy, um, which we talked about years ago. Do you remember? A couple yes. of years ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, I think it's like a Chinese series, isn't it? Is that right? I think that's. I think Pete explained it. Um, yes. Number four is The Bad Bad Place by David Hine and Mark Stafford. Um, obviously, Dave's uh, an ex-guest of ours, and he's top right. Mm. Mark's, Mark's great. Uh, Peace of Mind is, num- is next. The last, Homicide. Um, I think that's by what's his name, the writer. What's his name again? Oh, Frank, Frank the writer. That's Frank it. The Hammer, Volume One, and then we got another issue. Meanwhile, another issue of Meanwhile, and then something called Diversions. 
Men and Monsters from 2020 to present. So that's the top 10. Maybe we could do that every so often. Just give a little shout out to what yeah. the most popular comics are yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So and if you want to... Go on. Yeah. You've got something... Uh, uh, you've got something to say about that for Comic House. Yeah. Uh, if you want to start... Uh, if you want to find out more about what's in the top 10 and beyond, uh, you can start a 14-day free trial and dive headfirst into the amazing world of small press, which we talk about every week. Go yeah. check out comichouse.com. And uh, the people at Comic House have extended us a uh, a, pre- a, a prize, haven't they? Yeah, to to celebrate the 350th episode, which is very kind of. We actually got two competitions on this show, haven't we, Dan? Yes, so and I get forget, one now. Yeah, I've got the question for it, but I've forgotten the actual prize. It's a subscription it's a three-month subscription to you yes. or a friend is up for grabs if you can answer the following question, which Mr. Butch is going to pose. Yes. On yeah. Comic House, you can read the adventures of jake cardigan in the <laughs> tech war chronicles favorite of ours right. the question is who wrote the tech war chronicles the book you can find on comic house and a little tip it's we want two names so There's this two, is yeah. two authors who are the creators of tech war as a whole isn't it is that right yeah the tech war chronicles who wrote those comics that you can find on comic house There's two authors of those comics brilliant and we want both and yeah. obviously, Dan. you're going you're gonna to know one. You, 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 can't, you can't enter the competition, Tom. No, no I know, I know. Uh, but if, I, yeah. if I was able to come into the competition, where would I send my answer through to? Oh, great great, great question, Tom. You can either send it to, <laughs> through to us on the, the socials, or you can email it through to us on this email that I'm going to give you right now, which is awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. Or you can do it on Twitter, which is at the awesome pod, uh, or facebook.com forward slash awesome comics podcast. Or there even on the Slack, if you've just got us on the Slack. And yeah, you can just, just send us the, question, the answer there. And what we're going to do is we're going to um, put them in a hat and pull the name out next week. So if you, even if you've got a Comic House subscription already, it's worth doing because you can get a free one for your friend. You yeah, know, like comic people sometimes are friends, don't they? Yeah, yeah, not just people on Twitter that they speak to, but actually you genuine friends. Style out and say, you know, I was talking about that Comic House app, and I think you really like you. I've sorted out a, yeah. a gift for you. For All right, three darling. Months. How about this? Also, yeah. do you know what's coming up soon? Mother's Day. And what better yes. another day than the gift of three months of a comic Yes, <laughs> Mother, you can get read comics on there, including The Whore Chronicles, which me and Tom Curry were involved in. The uh, Mums love The Whore Chronicles, don't they? God. It's a favourite. Yeah, I've got a speech about you. that. I've got a speech about that, Tom, in a bit, actually. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and uh, Dan knows something about it as well. Sorry, Zach, you're, my, uh, you're still our friend. Uh, sorry, my uh, wife... Nearly, oh. That's Freudian slip. Uh, <laughs> she's kind of got sick of having to do the birthday cards and all those cards this year, and I've got to do them all. Really? I've got yeah. It's a burden, man. Your missus never sent me a card ever. No, nice. I have sent you. Yeah, I've not sent you a card either. I sent you a gift or something. Yeah, we send a gift, don't we? Yeah. But like, I've got to do the Mother's Day cards. If I, I've got three Mother's Day cards to get, one for my son to my wife, one from me to my mum, and oh god, yeah. So it's an absolute peril doing cards uh that's why i'm kind of petitioning just to get rid of cards let's never send them anymore <laughs> yeah i was um I, I i i was trying i just i used to have to go to different shops to get valentine's day cards you know because sometimes i go up to 10 cards didn't i you know to send <laughs> and uh so i just get them all in the same shop now i don't, you I get don't, a lot more don't care on the on the other side didn't you t yeah coming in yeah yeah so- <laughs> They're cultivating like a section of rainforest for this was only. We were talking about getting um, hand jobs during um, movies earlier, weren't we? That's a sort of similar thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. a very similar thing. Hmm. But enough of this. Laughing Let's spin about. this round. Enough about, we're talking about uh, chopping up trees for comics now. 
<laughs> he's running with this, Tom. He's doing well. Yeah, he's he is running with this, isn't he? <laughs> Zach, this is smooth as fuck. You must be so yeah. proud to be here on this monumental episode. Oh, I am. It's incredible. <laughs> so, uh... I'm so proud. <laughs> what would what would Vince do? That's what goes through our minds. Yeah, what would Vince? Yeah, do? that's uh, yeah, that's all that goes through our minds. We say uh, with this being the second week of our manga march, we're going to be talking uh, more manga, obviously. Uh, and we're talking about shonen. Is that correct? Yes. The, yes. Which we have a definition for. I'm not sure. If yeah, it's... I have it ready. Yes. So shonen manga is defined as Japanese comics mainly marketed to young teen male readership. Um, ideally, boys between 12 and 18 years old. Shonen in Japanese can mean either boy or youth. There you go. There's. Um, it's the most popular manga in Japan. Uh, most popular, biggest selling. Um, there are numerous magazines dedicated purely to it. You've got magazines such as Weekly Shonen Jump, Jump Square, Bisatsu Shonen Magazine, Weekly Shonen Sunday. Um, so these these are just full of shonen stories. Now, you had a look at circulation, didn't you, Tom, before we came on? I did, yes. I did, I did have a quick look at uh, circulation. Uh, let me just get it up again. Yeah. But I was okay, looking at were. the numbers particularly for it. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at numbers for Shonen Jump specifically. Yeah, looking at their last sort of like uh, uh, circulation. Range. Yeah, circulation range for the magazine sales was in the was seven and a half million, or just a little bit over that. Jesus, what was that monthly? Uh, that was uh, magazine sales uh, for the monthly one. For the weekly circulation, we're looking at around about uh, three million. Wow, Jesus. isn't that good? Yeah. yeah. So, um, Boronson's and Tetsuhara's Fist of the North Star and Akira Toniyama's Toniyama's Dragon Ball are. Um, creditors are setting the trends for um, manga. Now, there, I have a list of popular ones here, which I'm gonna I'm gonna run past you, um, Zach and Tom, because I know that you're big fans of this area of comics, and I know it's, it certainly influences you, Zach, doesn't it, in your work? Would Absolutely. You say- I mean, it's a great excuse drawing children's comics. The fact that I'm so into uh, Japanese children's comics. So here are well, some of them. We've got um, One Piece. I know you're a big fan of One Piece. Is that right, Zach? Oh, absolutely love it! Yeah, it's one of, one of my favourites. Um, I've, I've I've sort of got off it a little bit just purely because I, I was reading it weekly, and I just wanted to give like a bit of a buffer so I can just read a whole chunk at once. But right. oh my god, got absolutely hooked on One Piece. It, it's brilliant. I think it, it's it's quite a strange one. It starts off like um, it's sort of hard to tell where it's going. I think you need to give it like a, a few. Like, that's with a lot of Maggie. You need to give it like a, a few instalments until it really sort of gets its teeth into you. But when right. it does, when it really starts hitting, it, it's it's superb. It's, yeah, so I'm guessing you read it on the Shonen Jump app, do you? Or uh, yes, yeah. I mean, I, I I started off collecting the books, and then that became a very expensive hobby. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I had to had to switch to reading it digitally because it's. Uh, I think they're up to like. 90 something now volume 90 something i think something i've got a feeling they've released books. what the cover looks like for 100 mm. haven't they i think have they okay i think yeah, so I've, yeah i've missed that so, but yeah over what kind of time period were you have you been reading one piece um i started reading it oh probably about like 2008 so, wow. like, okay i've been going, going for like a long time by then because it's mm-hmm. um it's, it's like it's been running for like over 20 years isn't it now isn't it wow bloody hell it's been going a long time yeah it's been going a long time what, yeah. what is its conceit? I've never read it, guys. What is it about? So it's like a strange sort of fantasy world. Uh, it basically, it's, it's about a, a gang of pirates. Um, it follows the exploits of the main character, whose name is Monkey D. Luffy, or Luffy. Um, 
<laughs> which is just the weirdest name. I, I found the whole <laughs> thing quite off-putting for a while until I actually started reading it, and I was like, I oh, know, it's actually really good. Right. Um, so it sounds pretty weird. But yeah, so he, he wants to be the king of the pirates in this bizarre fantasy world. Um, he gains the power of rubber, where he can like stretch like rubber, like Mr. Fantastic, but okay. he uses it for much more like action-y purposes, like stretching his fist back and then just like snapping them like an elastic band into someone's face. Um, right. That sort of thing. Um, but his powers come at the expense of being able to swim, which is obviously like a bit of a downside as a pirate. Uh, <laughs> so it, the, the whole thing is like an epic where each massive story arc, he basically like accumulates like a new crew member um, as he's sort of fighting new foes. Um, but the whole appeal of it is it's just a, like... Um, a very weird, wacky sense of humour. It's like mm. genuinely hilarious at points. Yeah. Uh, but also some of the most incredible action scenes that I've ever seen in comics okay. or in any medium. To be honest, it, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Like the action is just bananas. Like he, he can draw action scenes like very few other people. Ah, uh, cool. So uh, in, in in hand hand in hand with anime, there's there's I take I'm guessing there's anime of this as well, is there? Mm-hmm. God, there I sound is, like yeah. such yeah. an old bloke, don't I? On this yeah. episode, yeah, there is. There's a lot yeah. of it. Yes. There is. Okay. Uh, one of the things that kind of uh, got me is that this kind of action that, that the Shonen uh, was able to do and, and illustrate, like, it was absolutely fantastic. And only relatively recently, I would say maybe if The Matrix was the first one to sort of start putting in this kind of, these effects that could actually handle what they would do yeah. in manga. And well, we saw I that with that Domu, was, didn't we? You know, um, yeah. Otomo's Domo where they're running down the side of buildings as if it's yeah. like you know and yeah we only really saw that happening didn't we around the Matrix kind of stuff and, and we know yeah. like the, the Wachowskis were very heavily influenced by uh, manga and anime uh, right. you can if you've got the, the the making of the art book they've got uh, like Jeff Darrow stuff who's the other artist Steve Steve Scrooge yeah oh, cool. him, yeah. I like him Yeah, and there's a lot of sort of like manga and anime stylings and that sort of stuff where Agent Smith is like punching through the walls and stuff that's straight out of like uh, manga and uh, uh, I don't know like yeah I feel like the, the, the manga anyway was like the, the progenitor for all that kind of stuff and they're kind of mm-hmm. l- lifting lifting from it as it yeah. were but as a westerner if you was going to come across a, a manga book it's more likely going to be a shonen one uh, does seem that in way, the UK it? at least yeah, yeah. Mm. Would, you, would you say that's true I think so yeah I, I think they're certainly the ones that dominate sales wise um, in Japan I, I mean I don't know right now, but I know for years One Piece was like one of the highest selling book series ever. It was like yeah. selling outrageous numbers. So I think those, because they go on so long and they get so popular and they've got their animated series as well, um, they become like almost impossible to miss. You, you find them anywhere. Yeah. Um, I suppose I, sp- yeah. I first saw them as cosplayers at MCMs and things, I'm guessing, is where I first saw it, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's a popular I've cosplay I've definitely thing. seen Luffy cosplay or two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that the uh, free hug people? Is that them? No, that's, uh, that's Studio Ghibli. That's, oh, um, right. Okay. I can't remember his name. It's from, yes, yeah, one of the films. Unfortunately, I can't remember which one it is. But I do know the character you mean. Yeah. What about what about you, Tom? I know you're a big fan of Shonen Manga. Is there any, any particular ones that you really like that sort of you've been reading for years? I would say, do you know, I've been relatively recently got into it. So for me, um, for example, I actually came from the uh, anime of My Hero Academia, which I mentioned yeah. in the last episode. Oh, episode. okay. Mm. And um, I kind of, I, how can I say, I got frustrated by the release of the uh, anime and I thought I'd read the manga to sort of get more up to speed. Right. So that's been something I've been watching for maybe five plus years now. And I was like, actually, I wanted to just get myself straight into the, um, get straight into the comic side of it. Mm. Yeah. And that's, again, on, that's, that's on the Shonen Jump app as well, isn't it? 
it is, from yeah. academia. And again, yeah. but what I've kind of what I kind of enjoyed about that was how that's changed over time as well. Where that right. was, where it started, and where it is now, is a completely different place. Which I kind of enjoyed yeah. that because it has that time to extend out over a longer period. Mm. It just has time to grow and develop, and yeah, the characters at the beginning are not seen. Fuck me, One Piece is on chapter a thousand and forty-three, right? Yep. And uh, <laughs> my hero, Academ- Academia, is at chapter three hundred and forty-seven. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Mm. They've been going a while. They, yeah, they get some patience under them. Um, I think what you said, Zach, like the uh, the stuff that comes out more more recently that you know sometimes it takes a little while to find their feet i found that the more the more modern stuff they seem to have considered that a little more and it kind of hits the ground running like uh one punch man uh demon slayer and uh, my hero they kind of know what they're doing pretty much from the off apart from a few missteps but like i remember reading uh, still a big fan of uh, berserk and uh, fist and the north star it takes them a little while to find their feet but once they do they're kind of they're off to the races okay. like there's stuff that the characters do in the first bit first couple of books you're like well, it's a bit out of character it doesn't really fit in with what comes later on but it, it kind of works but yeah they, they they sort of find out what they want to do with it as they're making it which Absolutely. is an interesting approach mm. I, I, th- I think a big part of that is that um the, the whole manga scene over there is ultra competitive um mm, yeah. like breaking in is is so difficult and in issues of shonen jump I, I think it came up last week in your chat with with helen mccarty and um uh like most of the manga uh, anthologies that come out weekly which will have like installments of say one piece my hero academia like they'll come out in like a big anthology but like the size of a phone book yeah uh, weekly um but they have uh, like popularity cards so the readers yeah. will vote yeah. on their favorites yeah. And if, if something, even if it's been in there for like a long time, if One Piece started getting really, really bad, I mean, I think it sells enough books now that it's probably bulletproof. But yeah, um, but most series, if if they start doing badly um, in, in the ratings, in the reader polls, uh, they will just get the the, the, the authors to wrap it up um, and, and finish it. Fair enough. So yeah. you have to sort of hit the ground running, capture people immediately with like a, an intriguing uh, concept. You, you just got to grab them straight away and just keep the pace up. Uh, so I think that's definitely created this trend for like, like all series sort of just launching at a thousand miles per hour. And and that's what we were talking. I think just before you came on the line, actually, Zach, we were talking a bit about that. About and British comics used to do that. So 2000 AD used to have that little card, and you would mm. put your your top five in there. And often Dread wasn't the number one on it, you know, back then. Um, and it's but it's showing that. Um, and Japan still has this, where comics is a mass medium, isn't it? It's for everyone. Hmm. You know, it's 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 the big, it's the Coronation Street of comics over there, almost. You know, it's sort of rather than we we kind of see comics now as this sort of niche graphic novel thing. You know, was it Pat calls it the hamsterization of comics, doesn't he? You know, it's well, there it's for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's part of it. I think a big part is just is how affordable the books are and how portable they are. They're, they're yeah. designed to be taken with you. Um, yeah, like they're, they're really small, but they're cheap. They're printed on cheap paper. They're black and white. So the the whole sort of mass market approach is is just like built into uh, in, into the model. Um, and yeah. I think it really enables them to just experiment with loads of different things, and it's enabled various different genres right, and an enormous amount of genres to flourish um, because they just cater to literally everybody um, yeah. yeah yeah the amount of magazines i mean I'm, I'm desperate to go out there and just look at like a newsstand you know see all the magazines know, there 
do you know what the kind of the attitude obviously for reading uh, manga and stuff on uh, the trains and public transport and out in the public generally is kind of that's fine what do you know what the kind of attitude is to to creators of it and say he was like oh my cousin johnny he's he's gonna become a manga car he spends all day and night is that a kind of profession that's kind of respected or yeah yeah. i don't know a hundred percent i mean from what i understand if if you're like a top manga creator you are like way you get way more respect probably over there than Mm. than you would in like the american scene but i i uh, I, I think Helen mentioned last week uh, about oh, what's the fellow's name? Um, completely blanking. Mizuki um, or where did he create? It, it was it's the guy who did um, Pluto and Twentieth oh. Century Boys. Um, oh, um, yeah, I can't remember. Completely blanking. Yeah, yeah. But but about him like uh, turning up on you know be on like a chat show or yeah you know, on like TV shows just talking about you know his his stuff um, and it's. Oh, oh, Naoki Urasawa. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he'll just be about everywhere. I think he, he's got some like video series where he just talks to other manga creators and they like discuss it all in great detail, um, like th- their approach to the art and all this. Uh, so I, you can I think, find a lot of that stuff on YouTube. I enjoy watching some of that. If I've got yeah. like time to like put my head up from the keyboard and actually read the words on the screen, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, I really do like that stuff. And yeah, I think it, I think for me, the whole attitude the you know the work ethic over there i think it's kind of like if your son's going to be a manga creator you think well i'm never going to see him he's going to work 16 yeah. hours a day mm-hmm. you know he's going to eat his yeah. lunch at his table and you know because they 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 work them because those weekly installments you know they're not drawing themselves and I, but I, don't, I know a number of them work in studios don't they zach i think they have people doing backgrounds and stuff is that right that's right yeah, yeah. So, so i mean they're turning out like 20 page installments each week which is yeah. like nice. an american comic each week and um Obviously, depending on like the style of the creator, the detail varies enormously. But yeah. um, some of them are just absolutely insane. Like the the level of detail and the precision um, and the the care and attention to detail in the work is is absolutely staggering. Um, and o- obviously, they've got like a team of assistants that help them and mm. help out doing backgrounds or like filling in patterns or things like that. Um, and I think it varies depending on the different creators how much uh, control they sort of relinquish to their uh, to their assistants like to, some yeah. of them will just let them do like a lot of the stuff um and and they'll just focus on like uh you know doing the layouts and doing like finishing and you know yeah. bits and bobs but I, I know for um for one piece um oda the the creator i don't know how to pronounce his first name eichiro oda i'm gonna right, say okay, okay. um I, i've i've heard that apparently he he insists on like drawing all the characters himself I, I, well, maybe it's just the faces but okay um, yeah he won't let his assistants draw the faces at least it might be the whole bodies but i i know That's certainly amazing. Faces he yeah. has to draw um and and it, uh, it you know it really helps and it feels consistent the whole way through because of that yeah there um, is that consistency and- to these long series you do see it a lot mm-hmm. don't you yeah yeah, yeah. The, um, the other thing i meant to, i know we'll get back to some of our favorite titles in a second zach but one of the things i, I was thinking about is I was, I was watching some of your how to draw videos and stuff today and i was thinking have you ever pitched your art to a Japanese studio or to a Japanese company at all? Um, I haven't. I've, I've definitely thought that I would love to do that. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, I, I don't know if they'd really, like, how interested in my style they'd be if it would just be seen as too Western. I think Okay. In, it, I think it's very, very difficult for um, non-Japanese people to sort of break in over there. Well, certainly yeah. Westerners anyway. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about other Asian uh, creators. 
for like the. I'm guessing it would mean moving there and stuff, wouldn't it? I'm I'm guessing. I, I know. think so. I mean, as far yeah. as I know, the the only Western creator who's actually managed to do it was um, Felipe Smith. Uh, do, do you know him? He, he did the Ghost Rider, Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider. Oh, okay, yeah, I know. Oh, yes, he, he was the writer behind that. Uh, but before that, for years, he was living in Japan and he was writing and drawing his own manga series. Uh, oh, wow. Which, like, elected into books and like running in, you know, in the anthology comics. So as, as far as I know, he's the only person who's actually pulled it off. Uh, so, so I think it's, it's very, very difficult. Although there's a lot of Westerners in anime, um, right. doing like layouts and animation, but in, in manga, it's, it's quite different. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I think you have to have such a, such a good grasp of Japanese uh, like just the language in order to yeah. to cope because you've got to go through so many editorial meetings and all sorts. That's um, something I was reading about as well. Is the role of the editor in there? I was I was watching a YouTube mm. video about that because they have very close contact with their creators. You know, over here, editors you might not even actually ever meet your editor, but it seems that they have like twice weekly meetings and stuff with them. You know, they do. Yeah, I mean, most of my knowledge from this has come from um, a manga series which is on the Shonen Jump app, which I really recommend called Bakuman. Okay, um, if, if any of you've heard of it. So it, it's by the the two creators who did Death Note, which you, you probably will have heard of. Yeah, yeah. Very popular. Mm-hmm. So after they finished that, they wanted to do this series called Bakuman, which is basically about these two high school kids who decide they want to break into Shonen Jump, which is like where the actual comic Bakuman runs. Uh, so it's like following them trying to achieve their dream, but it's very much like an inside look at how the whole process works because it's them trying to, you know, get through, not being good enough, getting knocked back some editors. And you see them like in the editorial meetings and then, you know, don't want to give too much away um, uh, as to how it goes in case anybody reads it, but it, it's it's an incredibly fascinating insight, and it, you know, it shows the whole thing of. Um, <laughs> I've got it open uh, now. It's lovely. Yeah, uh, mm. a lot of the big uh, manga creators will start as assistants to other creators first, and they'll like learn the ropes as like an understudy, and then they'll work on their own manuscript pitches in the meantime, submit them to editors. Yeah. Uh, so so it, it's really really interesting. I, I'd say definitely if you, if you're interested in. In finding out a bit more about it i've opened uh, a random page in chapter one and there's a picture of a sort of attractive school girl and it says love is just painful and agonizing that's true isn't it <laughs> very insightful yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's profound back to pegging again tom i know we talked about yeah. that pre-credits yeah so you've got the the new series uh coming up zach uh, presumably the, the manga styling uh is going to work its way into that is that correct can you tell us a bit about that yeah absolutely yeah so um yeah, I'm currently working on a new series for um, the Phoenix comic, uh, yes. Dragon Guard. So that will be, well, I'm, I'm drawing the second episode of the first four-part story at the moment. So should be out in like a couple of months' time, I think. Oh, nice one. But yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think um, anything that I do that's like action or adventure, like there's always going to be like a big sort of manga influence. Um but, but I, I was trying to like blend it with a bit of like because I love Disney stuff as well, so a bit of like a more cartoony Disney style as well. Yeah. I mean, in okay. terms of a- action and things like that, um, I, I think just manga creators just do the best action scenes in, in yeah. the world of comics. So You're not I think, yeah, I, I kind of think not looking at that for an inspiration just seems <laughs> mad when you've got all that great stuff out there to to look at and study. I think it, yeah, I, I just just have to. It's, 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 I think we it's, mentioned yeah. this on the previous show, but like Danny Warren Johnson, obviously takes like his cues from uh, uh, Shonen work. I would say, yeah, uh, absolutely, say definitively. Mm-hmm. But like, God, his stuff just explodes off the fucking page. It's amazing. Yeah, Edison oh, yeah. Neal was talking amazing. a bit about him, wasn't he, on the Slack last week, saying the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, Edison, like his work, uh, is just the same. Like uh, he sent through uh, No Brainer Three. 
And yep. that's just, some of the sequences in that are absolutely eye popping. He's, yeah, he's that energy they managed to get into it. I mean, yeah, there's a, you know there's a lot of Westernized who can you know draw the physical form brilliantly, and you know it, it all looks very technically, but they you need energy to a page as well don't you you need that extra something to it and they've really got that down haven't they manga especially shonen manga i think they really the motion. show it yeah it's yeah. the motion it's a movement amongst the environment they're placed in yeah like often you'll be reading something and it spreads like often you'll be reading a fight in a shonen manga and it'll just spread out over like almost a whole city and yeah. you'll see things moving and changing and it's yeah it's that kind of like uh physicality just yeah it's really hard to capture yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Can you, um, just before we move off it, Zach, can you tell us, give us a hint what the new book's about, the new story's about in the Phoenix? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's um, uh, it follows this this group called the Dragon Guard who um, ride dragons in space, uh, wow, fighting okay. giant evil robot spiders uh, and their, <laughs> evil, uh, their evil Lord <laughs> Volcanox. So it is, it's very much like Saturday morning cartoon from the 80s sort of vibes um, going on there, like very like, Bit of like Jason the World Warriors sort of oh, thing. Cool. So, so was it like four pages, four pages in each issue, or five pages, or something like that? Is it? Or um, I think it, it's it varies a bit. I think the first episode was six pages, and then the next ones are all like five pages each. Right. And what do they do, the Phoenix? Do they collect that at the end? Is that part um, of the thing, or is that decided I, later? Or it's it's decided later. Yeah, I, I, I hope they will. But um, yeah, well, it, it's it really depends on like reader reception and how how well it does and things like that. Um, but yeah, f- fingers crossed. That'd be great if it if it does. Oh man, um, it sounds yeah. amazing. I love your stuff, mm. and that's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, cool. Um, so let's so let's recommend something else. So I've got a little list of um, shonen manga here. I thought I might mention some of them. So the, obviously the one at the moment. Um, there, well, there's two as far as I can see at the moment. You've got Demon Slayer and um, Chainsaw Man. Demon mm-hmm. Slayer is just the biggest comic in the history of the world, seemingly at the moment, isn't it? Isn't it what caused a paper shortage or something? As I understand it, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I certainly had trouble getting hold of it when yeah. we were in lockdown. I couldn't get it for loving the money from, from my son. And the much quoted fact we say, Dan, isn't it? That, that there was more issues sold of the first English language volume of that than there were comics sold in you know the mainstream American. Yeah, you know, wow, it's quite telling. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I, yeah. I've not read it yet, but I, I clearly need to hop on that on the show and jump out. You've read through it, haven't you, Tom? I have. I have gone through it. It's really good. It's really flipping good. It's on. It's obviously all on the old Shonen. It's yeah. all of it's on the uh, Shonen Jump app. And but I think what that did really well was there was a um, there's fantastic Netflix tie in at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So basically, that kind of like fed back into the comics, and hence people wanting to read it. And yeah, it's really well done. Um, yeah, I think they hit that golden spot, didn't they? This is how, as I understand it, why there was that such a big explosion is you got they Netflix stuck a load of anime on, and they produced a load of anime or translated a load, and they stuck it all on their app. Um, around the same time as a lot of the books got released and around the same time as we got lockdown. So you got all these kids going nuts yeah. for it, you yeah. know, um, and just buying is, things out. You, you Like you would get something like a, a cartoon or a film come out and then you're like, right, I want to buy the, the ancillary stuff. Yeah. But with the manga like uh, and the anime, they, they, it comes out and then you've got years of books that have already been produced. Yeah. All this stuff's out there for them to get into immediately. So yeah. it's like a massive untapped resource. It's like, oh, I really like One Piece. It's like... Oh, bloody hell, like, here's all these books, here's all these animation. Yeah, One uh, Piece is a hobby got. in its own at the moment, yeah. think, isn't it? You know, yeah. you've got anime, you've got yeah. everything, yeah. yeah. You know, unlike, you know, Marvel, cough, cough, Doctor Strange is dead in the comics, you know. Yeah. Um, just before the movie comes out, ideal, ideal situation. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a bit of an aside, but that, I felt so sorry for that artist who did that artwork on that, uh, the latest Doctor Strange with the clear 
uh, as the oh, yeah. Sorcerer Supreme. And like you look at his pencils on Instagram and they're just like, these are fantastic. It's absolutely like top, top work. And then they've got the, some Inca who's just seems to have rushed over the top and just. Oh, have they? I've not seen that. Oh, I have to show you the, the images. I posted up in the Slack. They put the Incas going over the top and absolutely slaughtered it. It looks. Remember that guy, Vince Coletta? Yeah, to, yeah. He used to rub out yeah, Kirby's yeah, pencils. Yeah yeah. 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 Essentially, similar to that and just. Just oh, okay. tragic, absolutely tragic. Oh, that's but, uh, a shame. That's an aside. Yeah, yeah. good. So you won't get that in manga. No, you don't get that in Demon Slayer. <laughs> so, what, what, Tom, what is De- is Demon Slayer like Edo period? Is it that sort of thing? Is it or yes? It? I mean, it's kind of slightly elsewhere Edo period in terms right, of okay. there are. Um, it is set in that period, but there are demons around which there is a core of people who go around and uh, save them for the better word. For right. Them. And then there's but the core of it is a um, brother sister story that is exceptionally well told. Okay. And that's really the sort of the there's a there's a human human core amongst all the fantasy and fighting and that kind of jazz, which really yeah, which really works well. And then you add into that a um, a central character who's growing and developing and becoming a better version of themselves mm. and it goes along. Is that on the Shonen Jump app, is it? It's all yeah. All oh that. cool, I must read that. And then. it's also yeah. and, and what's also nice is the main story the mainline story is all finished. So there's like a nice neat bit to read and then there's yeah. spin outs spin offs coming off as well. Oh, right, okay. So uh, Tom is actually sort of, strangely, partly responsible for this month because he's the one that made me go on the Shannon Jump app and then I I have to update him regularly. He says, how are you getting on? (laughs) And then I tell him what I've been reading, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, And it's been real worth it. Mate, talk about money, bang for your money. You know. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, and again, I think where these sort of these shown stories do exceptionally well is... How make see how human the cast seem, even right. even amongst this sort of like uh, incredible world. So you, the other one you mentioned was Chainsaw Man, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Which same sort of thing, right? It's there is a human character in the center of this story who's been put through the ringer, and like yeah. And Zach, have you read that one particularly? Or? I, I I've read like the first few back when it started coming out. I kind of got up to date with it, and then for whatever reason I just kind of forgot to actually get back on it so yeah I've, yeah. I've got like a whole load of it to read so that's very cool isn't well, it, I'm up one. to date but I've read the start and it was very good yeah those those covers for um, Chainsaw Man are fantastic oh yeah, they're lovely so aren't. beautiful yeah. so he's got a chainsaw in his head is that right yeah in his head in his arms in his legs Who anywhere else, else? anywhere else wow. what I really like he's got a rip cord like the, the start cord in his chest doesn't he Yes, right. he like yes. yanks yeah, out yeah. to kind of get it fired up, and it's like, what a great little touch that is. <laughs> there's there's an amazing toy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a recurring motif that you see in Chainsaw Man and also in Kaiju Number Eight, and also in the comic I'm going to recommend um, in the end of the show of a um, what begins as a standard human character being changed in some way by their by the, by either a external force or an experience or something else and then again part of it being now a point of view character for a new world and they're becoming not quite human in the way they um the way they hold themselves from that point forward so you see it in terms mm. of same thing in kaijin and rate which it does a really good job of exploring the sort of the lost humanity as things change that character over the course of the comic okay interesting yeah yeah i must get on that one is that one on the app as well tom is it which one sorry chainsaw man it is, yeah. It's all oh, right. is it? Yeah, oh, all okay. of those on it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what I find really, really weird is I, I, um, uh, eleven o'clock comics do like a book of the month where you sort of read along with them, and yeah. they did um, Fist of the North Star Volume One recently, and I hadn't mm. really read it. I think I'd looked at it, 
and um, they reminded me because I, I went back and read it sort of to read along with what they were talking about, and it's it's basically uh, Mad Max. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost it's like Max. they've ripped off Mad Max, isn't it? A bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, there's a screen shot I've sk- uh, shared. I saw it on an anime and something for them, and uh, essentially it's like all the stars of the '80s as the characters in uh, Fist and the North Star, and they just take it like Stallone is uh, Kenshiro. Right. It, like okay. he's got that kind of like like the drop in the lip that Stallone has and walks around with the he's, sometimes you see him with those big like eighties uh you know like the mirror shades on. Yeah. And there's loads of them like there was a the wrestler in the eighties is Van Vader. Uh he he pops up as like one of the bad guys. But lots of people are like, oh you can see they've taken direct right thing from okay. it. And essentially it's like super powered martial artists uh in Mad Max too. And Right, yeah. The way you go, and then and of course that, they made an American movie of it, didn't they? I watched. That's a travesty. Yeah, <laughs> that's a travesty. I'll tell you what was a really good movie that I watched. American version of it was Dragon Ball. Did you see that movie? The Western film one. Yeah, I it's, it's, be, it's terrible. I, I, fell, I fell asleep in the terrible. cinema. And my yeah. son, my son took pictures of me asleep with my own phone, which he thought was funny. Doing <laughs> that film. When that other manga started was, watching that. Sorry, go on, go on, Zach. No, I was going to say, I, I did start watching that, but I, I couldn't get very far in it. I think it was on one of the streaming apps at, at one point. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the dude's I, got, uh... like, hair glued on his head. He's got that sort of... <laughs> yeah. It is peculiar. It, it's yeah. it's just so unrelated to the comic, really. It's, it's um just about... I don't know. It, I, I don't really even understand how it's an adaptation of Dragon Ball, because it, it uh, just okay. seems like it's, not it. it's just trying to avoid everything to do with Dragon Ball. <laughs> I'm going to watch it now. You know when like all the, the the manga videos were coming out. I think one of the the second gen, second set of them to come out. One of them included Fist of the North Star, the movie. Yeah, and I got that on the Saturday and watched it through, and just absolutely like, what the fuck is this? This is unbelievable. <laughs> like people blowing up when you punch them, and the translation was like off. They just did it for like so this one-off movie kind of makes sense and it didn't really and in the evening uh, my family took us all to go and see Starlight Express. Nice. And the, the cultural <laughs> sort of uh, juxtaposition of those two fucking entities. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my whole boarding house from boarding school went to see Starlight Express and everyone sat down, the music started, then everyone in my in my boarding house left uh, and just yeah. walked around Soho looking at laying naked ladies, you know, as a Was. bunch of 16-year-olds in school uniforms. Different times. Yeah, yeah different times. So, um, Zach, how did you... out, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's all right, that's all right. Um, Zach, how did you get into manga by extension? What was your first sort of introduction to it? Well, like when I was um, about seven, uh, I had some friends of mine at school. I don't know how they got into it, but they, like, a, a couple of them just knew about it. Um, so what, one of my best mates, Max, who's like an artist, he's very good. Um, his stepdad was really into manga. Um, and... Yeah, so he just came to school one day with like a few, um, I think they were like Spanish versions of Dragon Ball or something. They oh, yeah. on a holiday or something. <laughs> and then like shortly after, I remember going around his house again when I was like very young and, and they had like a VHS, like so I think a bootleg VHS of like Akira um, and like watching that very, very young. Um, but but this is all like way before, like people didn't really know what Dragon Ball was at all over here at the time. Um, this is like 
this would have been about like 1992 wasn't it like okay when i was seven so like when we're getting like the dragon ball thing so it was i think before dragon ball z had even started as far as i know um so yeah I, it, it was one of those things that yeah i just had friends who were into it um and were following it and and as soon as they started like viz started doing the versions of dragon ball um years and years and years later um in like the American comics format. I don't know if you, do you remember when they were still doing that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. American mm-hmm. comic size, yeah. And it, I think it was like two installments or three installments in one issue. So they were like a, a, a bit thicker than like a normal American comic because they had quite a few more pages. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so I started collecting it like that, um, like before they were even putting out the, the book collections and things. Um, so h- half my Dragon Ball collection is is those versions. And then the, the second half, when they stopped releasing those, I then got all the books. Um but yeah, I, I got obsessed with that and um, anything anime as well. So loving Akira from like a young age as well. I ended mm. up getting like all the Akira books as soon as they were available from Dark Horse. Um, also like Ghost in the Shell, Appleseed. Uh, but really, it was, it was Dragon Ball was definitely my first introduction. Yeah, and, um, I remember those issues. I think Eclipse, Eclipse had a few of them out as well, didn't they, as well? I do love talking to Americans about Viz because they get really <laughs> super confused what you're talking about. When you're talking about the fat slags... <laughs> That came out through yeah. these. Like, oh, <laughs> One of the things of like reading uh, kind of manga Shannon stuff, especially, is like uh, a publisher would get the rights to it and start putting out books, and then two years down the line, they've not even got a third of the way through the entire storyline, then they lose the license or they're just not going to do it anymore. So yeah. I've got two or three partial collections of Fisted and All Star, yeah. where the, the publishers just given up the ghost. You're like, oh, okay, thanks. Now I've got. So this more recent one, they started putting out uh, the hardbacks. I've started getting them, and I'm just <laughs> crossing my fingers if we can get to the yeah, end. Yeah, fingers like crossed. Awesome That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, for these long-running yeah. things. They yeah, seem to have been out one a month. So oh right, okay. Hopefully they're, they're tank through Fuck it. Fuck me, they ain't cheap, Dan. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the wife. <laughs> oh no, I've never looked. I've never looked at Dragon Ball Z. And I'm looking at it now, so I've just opened it up on the app. I thought it seems to be sh- seemingly everyone you mentioned of these is on that Shonen Jump app, and it right. opens with this bloke who looks like he's got sort of Google glasses. Um, and right. He, yeah. he lands into a, like a he lands on the ground and he's in like a big, you know, the big hole that he's made as he landed. And um, I actually think this is Prison Planet by Johnny Ryan. I think this is where I suddenly realised this is where Johnny Ryan got Prison Planet from. Have you have really any of you read Prison Planet? No, no, no. Fuck no. me, that's the most twisted shit you'll read in your life. Um, but so uh, yeah, just remind me. I wonder what I must ask him about oh, that. So okay. that's where he got it from. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'd read this actually. It looks alright. Yeah, I remember being on a, a lads' holiday to Ibiza, and then we went down to the town and uh, went into like a news agent saying, and they're Dragon Ball in there, like in Spanish. Right. And I was yeah. like, right, I'm having these, and. To them. <laughs> Didn't, didn't go down too well with the rest of them. <laughs> well, I think it was, wasn't Helen saying it was big in, it was yeah, huge before, yeah, long before exactly. here. Yeah. The Spanish yeah. had it. Yeah. The Spanish had it. They were kind of a lot more into kind of that than. That's yeah, incredible. I, mean, I came back from Spain three days ago and you wouldn't, you couldn't kill to find a comic over there now. Really? Yeah. Really? They got a load of like Punisher, you know, welcome back Frank type things in the, in a couple of the shops on the motorway. But yeah, you couldn't find anything over there. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, they were like uh, Dragon Ball, like you know those kind of the egg machines mm. where you put in and get it, and they're like they have figures there and uh, stickers okay. and loads of stuff. Uh, right. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think kind of I don't know what it was about like kind of uh, the European, especially the, the French. They had the like the, the Ulysses thirty one, which was kind of like a co-French uh, Asian cinema uh, TV production 
yeah. as well as that uh, Mysterious Cities of Gold. They did yeah. a few series in the 80s which were kind of like a crossover between the two. And yeah, I wonder how that those connections came about. I hmm. missed the fine. Okay. I, I think like like a, a lot of the big '80s series were animated in Japan, as far as I know. Like I think Thundercats was, and okay. I, yeah, know, okay. I, I think I, I might be I might be wrong about that, but I'm I'm pretty sure. I know uh, they spent a lot Japanese more budget on the intro than they did the contents of the cartoon. Oh my god, <laughs> that's false advertising. Yeah. That Thundercats yeah. intro. Yeah, you see the intro and you're like this, fucking go, and then like yeah. <laughs> it cuts in and there's this. this <laughs> barely any motion in any of it yeah. <laughs> the worst one if you ever seen it is uh is a galaxy rangers cartoon and i remember seeing that as a kid and like the intro to that is like fucking hell that is everything's all over the place it's really energetic in action and then the main thing is just terrible it's like they did it with a knob out so to speak it's just absolutely <laughs> rubbish that's what they do things. you get like their faces swimming around their heads yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, to put a mute on because they're letting fireworks off. I think they've heard it's the 350th. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice yeah I think that so. makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I was going to ask to you, because these are all, a lot of these series we're talking about here are series that I keep hearing being mentioned and I've never read. So excuse me while I just mention a couple more and mm. the experts in the room, Tom and Zach, can explain what they're about. So Bleach, what is that? What's that about? Do you guys know? Or? So, I, I've, I've read a bit of it, but it was a while ago. Like, Tom, have, right. have you read a lot of this? So, Actually, I ha- I haven't read it. I tried to watch the uh, anime and it didn't really get some of it. Right. Okay. So, okay. And p- feel free to step on this. Is it a horror thing or something? Is it? Or... Um, do you know what? It, it's been a while since I started reading it. I, I, I picked up like the first like three in one book, I think. Um, right. Which really started doing to like make it a bit cheaper. Um, okay. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. I, I didn't quite click with it. It was just like a lot of guys. I think there was like. Isn't that like some demon world, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure there's a bleak okay. man listening to this just absolutely screaming at me going, oh my God. <laughs> well, let's move on to another one then. So what is Naruto? I hear about that all the time as well. What's that? Um, so that is about um, a little ninja boy who grows up in a village uh, of ninjas. Basically, I think every village in the world has like ninjas um, yeah. in, in the world that it's set in. Luton, um, definitely. And, yeah, and, and they're all... Um, Oh, I, get, I don't know why I'm finding this hard to explain, uh, but yeah, it, like it starts off uh, like this little kid basically going through his ninja training, um, and there's you know some threats out in the world from like the other villages and from um, evil forces. Um, so you know they're, they're all trying to train up, get strong, uh, and then I don't know. It, it gets very confused later on for me. Like I'm sure again, there's lots of yeah. Okay, so that's like I, 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 I've read all of it, but it's. Uh, like the stuff that I really love was the start when he's like a kid training. It's, okay. It's really well, then the other one here I've got written down is the one that I think it's got like a scary scarecrow in it, isn't it? And that's Death Note. Is that got the one with the like, oh, yeah. thing that looks a bit Ooh. like a scarecrow in it? Is oh, that that's right? superb. Yeah. Death Note's oh, yeah. fantastic. Death Note's really good. Please go ahead. Yeah. Go on, go on, Tom. Oh yeah, no, it's just, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, absolutely incredible. I'd recommend this book to anybody. Um, it, it's just one one of the best series I've read um, ever. I think. So that's sort of a horror thing, is it? Yeah. It's well, you, you think it's a horror thing. I always thought uh, because the only people that I that I saw who were into it at first were like quite gothy-looking girls at comic mm. conventions. Right. I always assumed it was like, <laughs> it's a, good like thing. a horror thing, but it, it's more like a, a thriller. It's like yeah. 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 So it's about this this high school boy who finds this book called The Death Note, and it's got instructions in it that says um, basically you can kill anybody indiscriminately by writing their name in this book. Um, and you can sort of list how they die, 
Um, okay. or, if you, or if you just write the name, they will die of a heart attack. Um, right. But it's completely untraceable, so you can kill anybody you want, and you'll get away with it, basically. So he starts um, testing it. His his father is the head of the police force, by the way. Uh, he, he starts testing it out to sort of see, like, okay, like, I wonder... Um, you know what doesn't he see what, like what criminals happened? on the news like some mass murder exactly like exactly yeah 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 so there'll be like some terrible terrible criminals out there he'll like put their name in to see what happens and they'll see them drop dead on the news he'll be right. like, oh my god it's got power um and then it just becomes like a, almost like a game of cat and mouse between mm. him uh he, he kind of gets in over his head and then this genius guy called l comes in to try and hunt him down basically and using his his smarts so it's almost like a chess game yeah. Between because he tries to sort of make a, be- level guys. a yeah. better world, doesn't he? Like uh, the main character, yes, like, Yoko right. He basically like mm-hmm. right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all the criminal elements out of society and sort of let me know. And if you start mucking around, this is what's going to happen to you. And mm. he's essentially the, the death note falls into the hand of like a rabid psychopath, borderline sociopath who's like genius level intellect, isn't he? He's fucking. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got no yeah. problem with killing loads of people, but. He thinks he's doing it for the right reason. Like I said, they kind of, it's really well written because they start setting up these traps to try and find out who's doing it. And they realize that it's, it's not all on the up and up where all these people dying. So yeah. okay. I, I would say maybe this is uh, controversial. There are, there are almost like two endings to Death Notes. And okay. I would only read the first one. I wouldn't go on path. There's a point where you'd like, you'd, you'd naturally stop. And I would naturally yeah. stop there because it seems to carry on for a bit longer and it wasn't. Quite as good. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Like halfway through, like it, it completely things change up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a natural point where it's like, ah, yeah, this has happened now, and that could naturally end the story. And you go like, stop that. It's felt like <laughs> that we've got to carry this on. I think one of the yeah. good things is yeah. he has like the the owner of the original Death Note, the book he's got is like a Shinigami, like the demon. What's the guy's name? Yes. Um, uh, uh, Ryuk. Is that it? Ryuk? Yes. yes. And essentially, like, he's the, uh, he can, the, the light talks to him, like, talks through what he's going to do and what his plans are and what he's doing this. So, like, rather than having just a, a character on their own doing all this shit as a reader, you can see, like, this interplay between the two of them saying, right, now I'm going to do this, now I'm going to do that. And it, it's a good little tool of keeping the reader in with it. And you've got this demon character who's uh, a great character in himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great series. I'd Very iconic it. image, isn't it? The old scarecrow thing. It's, it's yeah, yeah, really interesting. It's a bit like the so jo- like a demon Joker almost, isn't it? There's yeah, that going yes, on. yeah, that's yeah. good. Mm. Don't forget it now. That also on the app there. I think they owe us a few quid, actually, don't they? <laughs> the four million one ninety nines a month that they get. Didn't they put a film out that of, on Netflix? I never I saw you're right, it. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. did. I, I didn't watch it either. No. It's okay. hard one because like it's a massive story, and trying to think, right, we're going to cover this in two hours. But never, you're never no. going to do it justice. You can't. No. Okay, good. Um, the the other one of the other ones was um, uh, one that you mentioned, Tom, which is Spy. Is it Spy X Family? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think you, I don't think you pronounce. I think you just go Spy Family. Spy Family. Okay, which yeah. is very good, and that's super popular. I know you mentioned it. God, like ten episodes ago, I'm a, I, yeah. I reckon when you came on, and um, that's like mad popular, isn't it? I genuinely just really enjoy it. It's a really good comedy. I, I, we were away on holiday in, um, I were away in Lyme Regis, so I don't know why that bit's important. But we have like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very popular. There's a lot of spies in Lyme Regis. There is a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're there, you're sat there <laughs> thinking, like, eh. and it's just, it's just this really, really well told, um, very funny, very sweet story. 
and it's just really well done. And yeah, it covers are beautiful. The art's really lovely, really well done. They do a kid character exceptionally well. Right. Where they're not annoying. They're actually, they feel fully rounded and fully formed. And okay. Yeah, just exceptionally well told. Good stuff, man. Yeah, good. I mean, there is a, there's a, a wealth of stuff on this. One Punch Man's on Shonen Jump. Now, that's got an interesting history. You were telling me about this, Tom, weren't you? You were showing me. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so One Punch Man is like very popular because it's it's also on Netflix. I've watched it. I quite enjoyed it. Actually, I'm not a big mm. animation fan, but I, I really enjoyed it. And it's like super frenetic violence. You know, just crazy. It's like a Hulk comic in a way, isn't it? It's just mm-hmm. huge monsters fighting each other. But you told me that it's got an interesting origin. Yeah. yeah. So the creator of One uh, picked up a piece of software called a piece of software called Manga Studio, which is now I think called Clip Studio. Yeah. And um, he wanted to try it out. So he created one. He created One Punch Man using that um, soft bit of software and releases a webcomic. And the art is—it's um, serviceable. It's very basic. It's pretty serviceable. And he it looks a bit to me like a sort of American indie comic in a way. Yeah, you know, you it's know got what? that sort That's of thing. Actually, yeah, yeah good show. Um, so he produced that, became exceptionally popular, and then got picked up by the publisher, which I believe is uh, published by Shinichu, right. and they re- redrew it all for the uh, manga. And they redrew it in a style which essentially is the anime, frankly. In terms yeah. of like the anime lifted from that style, and that's what became the anime. So there's there's three versions of it at the moment. There's the webcomic, which is more up to date than anything else, the manga, which is obviously a little bit behind, and then obviously the anime, which is behind that again. Yeah. So it's just, when you say that story by one, that is his name, isn't it? That's like his pseudonym. Yeah. O N E. That's the name he goes yeah. by. Yeah. 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 And I've got. I'm looking at it here. The art for the current manga is uh, y- Yasuki Murata. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of dig it, man. I've read about twenty of them, twenty volumes. You know, like t- twenty chapters, rather. I think it's good. I enjoy it. I mean, yeah, his artwork is like extraordinary. I think he like as it goes along, especially like oh, it is unbelievable. I, I've picked up, like, read through volumes of it and just like gasped with how good his drawings are at points. Just gets, great creature oh, design, which so I know is up your street as well, isn't it, Zach? You love drawing yeah, a monster, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. I can see. I can see where you. I was looking at some of the. Um, the sort of lizard-headed monster thing that you draw, and the one that you said, I think you you drew one in one of the videos. Head. I started off making this look a bit like the shape of a horse, and then added a frog in there as well. And I can see yeah. that's the sort of thing he does, isn't it? These creatures appear that are so odd, aren't they? And he fights. Them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It is like the creativity levels, I think. And uh, I, I don't know because I've not read the original webcomic, but um, right. I'm up to date on the books. But yeah, like some of the creatures they come up with them, absolutely insane. And I don't don't know how much of it is from one and how much of it is from. Uh, Murata, but um, oh yeah, like the, the yeah the creativity and like the creatures and also the superheroes and their powers and abilities. It's just like th- there's so much creativity in it, so much humor. Like the, the action and the and the drawing is is like unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I really like the anime. So I'd say if you've read the anime, that's awesome. Like, w- watch the anime, that's awesome. But I think like the book, like the the, the manga is even better. Uh, yeah, I started with the anime and went so back good. to the manga. Yeah. Um, now, looking at this um, has me asking questions about um, different cultures, I suppose, and um, different sort of things that we might include and might not include. Now, I'm looking at a, a page of um, One Punch Man. It's like chapter 130 here. And the lady in it is is naked, pretty much. The female monster in it is naked. And you can just make out the shadow of nipples. Is that... Mm. I mean, do they have different sort of... I don't want to say censorship, but you know, you know, the, the, 
do, do they look at things the female shape and the male shape differently over there is it is there something different going on but on these comics are designed from t- for 12 to 18 year olds is what we we, we we've been told yeah. what are the sensibilities I mean, I, like do you know guys i mean I, I certainly no expert on it but it definitely seems that's the case because um right I mean, I remember even reading like on the original version of Dragon Ball. So there's Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Um, okay. The original version of Dra- like Dragon Ball is when the main character's like a little kid. It feels very much like a kid's comic. It's very sweet and playful. And then there'll be moments where like one of the characters is being like a total old perv and asking someone to uh, asking to see someone's pants and you know right. and you see, them, see a character's boobs or something like that. And I think like this is clearly like a comic designed for like an eight year old. Like, yeah. It, it's yeah. So. Def- definitely, um, yeah, different expectations of, of what's like. Yeah. Which I okay. suppose it is, I suppose is what I, I kind of honestly is what kept me away from manga for a long time is I thought it was all a bit Sailor Moon pervy. Does that make sense? I mean, it's not, and I was completely ill informed and, you know, made a stupid decision, but I don't know, just something about it just seems strange to me. No, it makes absolutely perfect sense. And there are some right. titles I don't read because I, they don't, there's too much of that going yeah. on. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, completely. You're absolutely right. In some sense, that it does happen. However, uh, there are there's some things where, for example, um, when Disney films are released over in Japan, they have to add on the fifth finger to people's hands because they naturally add it four because it's easier. But they add on the fifth finger because the fifth finger was taken off by. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Is it Yakuza? I believe. I yeah, believe you chop yeah. a finger off and give it to. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So they add the fifth. So there is different sensibilities in that sense, and things where. Yeah, either it doesn't mel or um, gel or mesh with you know current your current thinking. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that Disney have to add in like boob shots because they won't accept. <laughs> yeah. The films without them. Well, you know their history. What was that weird one? Is it the secret of Nim? If you look in the background, there's a naked lady, isn't there? In one of them, is that right? I can't remember. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I didn't know. That. Yeah, maybe I'm imagining that. Uh, I'm don't don't get, sue us. Animators just got so much time in their hands. I'll just stick a frame of this in. No one to know. Yeah. <laughs> Until <laughs> the HD version comes out, yeah, yeah, and then you're I mean, pouring over it and you think, oh, "Hold on." I suppose that is also the question which I'm coming from. There is the sort of this um, it, sometimes illusion, sometimes fact that there's a stunted maturity in some of this stuff. Is mm-hmm. that is that something you see at all, Tom? What do you think about I, that? I, know, I uh, think that's yeah. I think that's very fair. And um, whenever I recommend uh, stuff on here from Shonen Jump, I'm very yeah. careful of prefacing the audience I think it's good for right yeah. and there are different like what I'm going to recommend today I'd happily recommend to anyone on this call but there are other things I'd recommend where there's different levels of maturity that these things have that you know doesn't always work for everyone and that's perfectly okay you know yeah and that's perfectly okay and but I think there's um, I think there's Perch who said it really well that like if you make comics for everyone you make comics for no one yeah yeah. and they're one thing that's fantastic about manga and especially with like Shonen is like they have different genres, different almost age brackets for different manga, yeah. and they pitch that market. And I think that's really powerful tool they have in their tool belt. Frankly, it's a weird one, isn't it? I think we've we've kind of grown into this thing where people who are into children's things became more acceptable at some point. And and I can only repeat it from a sort of professional point of view, where I've seen it in Hilda, um, the, you know, and especially since the cartoons have come out. Almost like we've got this sort of wave of adults who are into it who, I don't know, sometimes it feels right and sometimes it doesn't, man. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I, I, yeah, you, like you're getting in a deep topic there, definitely. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It's kind of like an infantilization. Yes. Of people yeah. are just like, 
it's easier this to talk about this cartoon stuff that than stuff that's going on in the real world. I'm not saying you have to talk real all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, and I think that's kind of the... I think I had that view of a lot of shonen manga, I suppose, and a lot of my impression is wrong, having now di- dived yeah. into it due to Tom, really, is that I think I'm wrong about a lot of it. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Zach? Because coming from someone who you know has worked on the Phoenix and the DFC and all that sort of thing, is 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 there a strange sort of blurring of lines now? Is is comics for kids now? Comics for everyone? Do you think? Or yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, the, comics are for everybody. Um, yeah, I, like as you're saying, like, I, I love sort of showing and stuff, but I absolutely would not recommend like almost any of them to like readers of the phoenix that's interesting yeah 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 because like so many are you know seen as kid friendly over there like in, in japan but like yeah because of like the culture cultural differences and things um yeah like i absolutely couldn't recommend like, any of these things i so. suppose we've got the attitude over here that comics are for kids amongst people who you know adults you know older generation who don't read mm. them if you say you read comics there was a period of time where they they thought you might be a bit soft in the head you know, because then nobody really understood it, didn't they? And I think, you know, the Phoenix is, you know, to them, even, you know, parents going in and buy it for their kids, that's good comics. You know, it's good for kids, mm. you know. But if you said to them, I'm reading this thing, look, there's, there's this lady who's dressed as a schoolgirl who's fighting demons with a sword, they would go, what? What are you talking about? Well, who's that yeah. for? You know, there's almost a bit of that, isn't there, you know? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's a difficult, you're right, Dan, it's a difficult topic. but uh, it, it did get, uh, like, demonised, uh Manga and, manga and anime. I'd say only it's, it's come to a bit of a resurgence yeah. recently. I think before then, it, it kind of had a bit of... didn't have the greatest rep, did it? Like, mm. especially, well, especially amongst us comic, Western comic readers, there was always a bit of a sneer about it. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Like, why are you into that? Or, yeah, you'd instantly get labelled as a furry or... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it was a bit, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of... You're right, though. I, I think, think we've we've become more educated in the. I'm going to say, like the last three years, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to be, maybe it's just kind of more of a personal thing, but I, I definitely feel like it. it we, we've been able to see more facets of it, and they were always there, but we just didn't. Yeah, I didn't see them. It's interesting. I mean, I'm not one of these people who who likes you know writing or saying stuff in broad strokes about things. You know, not everything's not one thing, and everything's not another thing. But mm. I think there is there is the occasional case of people who. You know, avoid. You know, same with all comics. Avoid a bit of real life, don't they? By putting their head into a comic sometimes and living that fantasy life, I suppose. Um, no, that's fine. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just that sometimes you have to come out of that comic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Regret. Yeah. I, I, I do find it weird because, um, like, so many manga have like very appealing styles, like characters with big eyes, really cool designs. Yeah. Um, but the sort of thing that feels over here would be. 100% designed for kids um, but then the content of those comics is often as far away from kid friendly as it could get so I yeah. think it, it, I think it, it's, it becomes quite a minefield if you're like a parent who wants to buy your kid a comic you could look at the cover of a lot of manga and think oh yeah they'd love that yeah. and then you don't realise there's just like something absolutely horrendous like goes on on page 12 or whatever um, some of the times you can look at like 99 pages out of 100 and it's all fun and dandy and then yeah. on one of the pages, you're like, whoa. Like, if that was released over here, an editor would have been all over that saying, look, yeah. that's, you're taking so, out to an 18 rating. And I, and I think there. that's what a lot of these yeah. um, hentai people take advantage of, don't they? You know, that's sort of almost like maturity. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a prude at all, guys, but th- that's the only time I've ever made a complaint at a convention was to people sending hentai openly at a kid's convention. 
you know, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and, and got them got them moved away. It was like fucking awful. And you're right though, Zach, when you say that they they do appeal to that, you know, big eyed, um, you know, almost like casually looking at it. You think, oh, there's a kid. For- oh my god, there's tentacles coming out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like that, isn't it? You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that dates back like a long time though, in terms of manga, because yeah. um, yeah. like with like Tetsuka, who did Astro Boy, which yeah. is obviously very very kid friendly. Um, and he his his style, you know, is massively influenced by Disney, which is obviously about yeah. as kid friendly as you can get for the most part. Um, but then you look at some of his other stuff, like I know Tony, you said like last week you read Blackjack. Like, yeah, there's definitely stuff in Blackjack which is like not very kid transgressive, friendly. political. You know, uh, um, they play with gender. Yeah, some really interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah, just not kid friendly at all. Yeah, quite frightening. Yeah, in but fact. Where, where's yeah. the style kind of is. You know, it, uh, yeah. like he he shifts his style subtly uh, between his series, so it doesn't look like Astro Boy, but it's from the same hand of the man who made Astro Boy. So I think it's like yeah, it's not like heavily shadowed or anything like that. Yeah, it's just good line work, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Like I, I've got one of his other books in front of me, um, Dororo, um, which is incredibly dark. Um, okay, like the synopsis on the back: um, a samurai lord has bartered away his newborn's organs to forty-eight demons in exchange for dominance on the battlefield. Yet the abandoned right. infant survives thanks to a medicine man who equips him with, pro- with equip- equips him with prost- prosthetics. Can talk uh, lethal <laughs> ones, which, with the wronged son, will hunt down the multitude of demons to reclaim his body one piece at a time. So basically, he's trying to hunt down demons to get back the body parts that his father gave away to God. rebuild himself. It, it's so dark, but it looks like ultra cartoony, like the way it's drawn. Yeah, um, that, there's one in that blackjack where. This man that he has to do like a he's always doing full transplants and full brain transplants and this bloke mm. turns up and he's got this like evil face on him that's like weeping sores and everything and oh, he wow. so he does a face transplant on him and and then his face turns evil again and like you know it's, it's just horrible and he says oh the the, the moral because each story little story's got a moral isn't it and the moral of this story is you know your 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 face is going to show your true self every time you know, you know it's like mm. really adult stuff like that you know incredible stuff yeah. and he's always he's always digging people's chests open and pulling their hearts out <laughs> and stuff you know it's yeah. all this sort of thing yeah i think the one you're going to talk about dan almost has a juvenile style doesn't it um the 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 classroom one you're going to talk about that's the style in that is almost very straightforward isn't it Yes, God, yeah, that's kind of it's it's a very odd one because like the 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 content matter and the art style uh, at times seem a little bit uh, odd, don't they? Yeah, odd, yeah. yeah. And I think it's just the time period of when it was put out. Yeah, but it also plays into it because he got this almost kind of ch- like like the drawings are drawn for a younger younger reader, but some of the content is like fucking hell. This is quite hard hardcore. Like this, yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if if you presented this to what you imagine the target audience would be, it's like this. This is <laughs> yeah, pretty brutal. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting read though. I'm I'm, I'm really yeah. Looks, it. I've got it. I bought it and I'm ready yet. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, I think we. I don't really think Dan, but I think we're kind of nearing the end of this. Should we just ask? Some, I agree. Some yeah. recommendations from our guests of yeah. Shonen manga that they you know just a quick one line. If you if you're getting into Shonen, what what would you read? Should we start with you, Zach? What would be your top one to grab hold of? I mean, I, just because I'm such a big fan of it, I'd yeah. say Dragon Ball. Um, cool. Like, I love the original version, especially when Goku's like a little child. Um, it's just really fun, really silly, great action, great characters. Um, and I think the version that's on the Shonen Jump app, they've uh, edited the perviness out of it. <laughs> right, okay. So, right. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a bit more kid-friendly, I think, now than uh, the versions which they're putting out years ago. <laughs> Good stuff, man. What about you, Tom? I would go for Kaijin and Breaks. 
Okay. Purely because yeah. uh, it's easy to find. Um, and it, it, is it my favorite? No, but it's incredibly easy to get into. You'll get the concept very quickly. And it has that phonetic energy that I really enjoy from this whole style. And if you enjoy this, then you can like lead into other things very easily. Good stuff. Good. Well, there you go. Shonen manga. And um, we're going we're gonna to try and tackle two different kinds of manga going forward on this episode. So keep your ears open. There's still a bit more to come. Mm. Um, what do you want to do now, Dan? Should we do the shout out? Should we? Fancy? That's a good shout. Yeah. Do you yeah, want to go first, babes? Or? I do. I've got uh, extensive amounts of shout outs, actually. Go on, uh, I want to give a shout out first to uh, uh, that comic smell, smell issue two. Yeah. I've got uh, mine through now. From yeah. the lads. Uh, issue two, the comic anthology born from a podcast is back. This issue, David Robertson, Mike Sadaka, uh, Fernando Pons and Tom uh, Stewart have more collaborations, single credit stories and guests taking part. Uh, that's 44 pages, black and white and colour. Oh, Anderson. And, yeah, if you go shooting over to uh, that comic smell.bigcartel.com, you can find it all there. Uh, the second shout I've got is for the next uh, anthology title from uh, Spider Forest which is okay. uh, under their oh, nice. threads, Creatures. Uh, short anthology of comics, all about beasts of all stripes, from forgotten strays to fantastic dragons. Uh, that's got 25 days to go when you listen to this, and it's sailing quite nicely towards its title. Uh, total, I've got uh, one of the anthologies here, and I can't see it on the shelf, but that's great, because they, they, they ask in the forums, they ask if anyone wants to get, uh, get involved, this is the, the, the theme of this anthology, and uh, contributors put their stories in and uh, away they go so uh, that's great and there's a certain amount of curation because you don't get your comic onto Spider Forest and t- unless it's been through a, a committee of fellow creators who give it the green light or not uh, so that's a good run uh, I popped up on the Brew Gooders this week on Thursday yeah so I watched that on the last mm. day of my holiday I watched that yeah very awesome. good man so yeah. uh, I'm on there uh, for the show I'll have to drop that link into the show notes because it's a Facebook link uh, first time I've ever done that. It was fun. Really it's like a video one. one as well. I found it. Quite, I think I'm, I messaged you saying I was finding it quite arousing watching you. Yeah, yeah, genuinely arousing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, it's kind of because obviously, like like Twitch or something, people can comment as you're going along, and there's a bit of audience uh, participation, which I quite like. Yeah. Uh, and finally, for the Kickstarter, we've got a Metallic Dynamite 100 plus page sci-fi comic book anthology, six new stories, monsters, heartbreak, the end of the universe. Featuring art by Lucy Sullivan, Benjamin Philby, Shaky Kane, and more. And that's I back this last. Yeah, I back yeah. this too. It's blasting towards its, its total. Uh, put out by John Thomas. Uh, looks fantastic. Science fiction anthology. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a good run. So yeah. go check that one Friend out. Of the show very active on the Slack now, Jordan. Yeah, it's uh, good to see. I'll He's just quickly yeah. tag in Tom before we go over to yours. Team. Okay, babes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I've got two very quick ones. Uh, the Drinking Jaw is this Friday. Uh, yes. So we're releasing all the details after this episode goes live. And once all, all the social stuff for this is done, I'll put out all the details for the Drinking Jaw. Please just drop me a line and I can send you all the details for Friday. We're starting at 7.30. Uh, same time, same place, online, Zoom. Yeah. And my second recommendation... Oh, just quickly actually, on that one, Tom, is we're going to be celebrating the 350th on that. I think I know um, Alan Purdy oh, said, oh, we can have a celebrate that. So I think we'll have a drink. Oh, that's a great idea. 350 yeah. episodes. Yeah. Idea. yeah, nice one. Um, and the second recommendation is actually for a bit of software. Oh, okay. Um, I've been messing around with Blender for the last two weeks. Yes. Oh, yeah, so good, man. Yeah, I've been liking Thank that. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? It's really flipping good, and it's free. So, like, if you've got, like, a couple of weeks and you want to learn a new skill, I'd strongly recommend just, like... It's downloaded, you can, it's free, and you can, like, get really far in a couple of weeks. And, like, yeah, it's just really good. 
yeah, hmm. I'd recommend Software Blender. Good stuff, man. I've got a couple. Um, well done to Sarah. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Sarah Harris. Um, she drew a Misty cover on a wall. Did you see this? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's yes. brilliant. Fucking hell. Yeah, brilliant. It's actually better uh, than the cover of the comic. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I would love Sarah to come around and, and, and paint one of my walls with something. I would, yeah, fantastic. I love she, her stuff. She's going to kill me now. Is her website called You Pay I Spray? That's the one? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Have a look for that. It's on Instagram as well. I follow it. Um, um, it's uh, it's part of that cool street street art thing that I don't understand, but I follow her stuff anyway because it's very good. Um, Nottingham Comic Con, as, as we mentioned last night, have announced their date. It's the 29th of October. I think you've done one that before, Zach. Haven't you? You've done Nottingham, haven't you? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think we like 2018, it. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was great. Fantastic show, yeah. Really, really lovely one day. It. Yeah, one day. Everyone gets drunk afterwards, kind of one. Um, one of our faves. Well, they've tweeted out asking who you'd like to see there. So you can send your suggestions of guests you'd like to see there. Don't make it too extravagant, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so go to Nottingham Comic at on Twitter and you can send them suggestions. I've Just have a look through their tweets and you'll see if they're mentioning it. Um, we have one more competition. So to, in, um, to celebrate the 350th episode, um, I was on holiday last week with Mr. Pat Mills and he has donated. Um, I think you've got a copy of this, Dan, haven't you? It's the DC Hardback Collection of Martial Law. Yes, um, it's awesome. I had to throw a number of items of clothes away to get this book back through the weight, <laughs> the weight of it in back through um, through the airport. But it's um absolutely lovely collection of nearly all. It doesn't have the crossover. It doesn't have the mask and doesn't have Pinhead yeah. in it and the Savage Dragon stuff, but everything else is in there. Gorgeous. Um, so to get a copy of that, you just have to answer the following question. Everyone write in, the same as earlier. So Dan's probably, I'm going to say, got the email ready to give out. But just get hold of us wherever you can get hold of us. So if you're on the Slack, if you're on the Facebook group, if you're on Twitter, just get hold of us and send us the answer to this question. In the stories of Hellbreaker, there are actually two stories so far. There's a text story and a comic story um, that Ian Ashcroft and Pat Mills and um, George MacDonald do in Space Warp. Um, There is a character called DS Rod Asquith is one of the characters in it. Now, the question is, can you tell me or tell us what his weapon of choice is? Um, Ian has drawn this as well. Um, so mm. what is Asquith's weapon of choice? Um, yeah, so let us know whatever way yep. you're going to, whatever way you got, can. We'll collect uh, the answers. Come emails, awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. Got Twitter at theawesomepod on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash awesome comics podcast. And you can get hold of us there or on the Slack. Yep. Come on, come and join the Slack anyway, because it is a laugh, but come and join us there and you can get, you can get all the answers out on there. Um, and we'll be taking the same for the question at the start of the show for the comic house subscription. We'll also be putting all the, all the right answers to this in a hat. Um, well, it won't be a hat, will it? It'll just be something. Be a, probably yeah. a, a website that sock put entries in. And yeah. Um, I, I'll use my special sock. I'll put all the answers in my special sock. <laughs> And we can draw the the winner out of Tony's sock. There you go. So you can answer that question. Good. And um, what about you two guys, Tommy? You got any shouts? Otherwise, other other ones, I, man? I, I've or, done mine. I'm all you've good. done yours too. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Any shouts you want to give? Um, Anyone you don't like? Especially. Um, no. Oh, uh, one thing I'd recommend is uh, the new Mega Robo Bros book. Um, and oh, okay. Proceeding yeah. two as well uh, by my mate Neil Cameron, which is a, a series that runs in the Phoenix. Um, yeah. It's brilliant. It's really really good. Um, I've given it as gifts to like a bunch of kids and they've all just absolutely got hooked on it um it's excellent it also like 
um very manga inspired in a lot of ways okay um, so yeah thoroughly recommend it, it so great. is that one of those books that's like um a regular in the phoenix and then they collected it as well did they or yes that's right yeah right cool. yeah i like it when they do that yeah there's some good stuff there yeah we love i'd look through a couple of phoenix there's i think you can get issue 500 if you go to the phoenix site you can read issue 500 for free on there um yeah so just go and have a read of that good that's awesome yeah, yeah. You're, you're not in it zach so it's not as that good an issue <laughs> yeah, it could be better. It could be better. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, good stuff. Okay. So, is that going to be your recommend? Is it, Zach? That one? I'll make that my, my recommend. Um, although I, I will say, um, as Tom was mentioning, like Blender as a bit of software, uh, right now, for anybody who doesn't have Clip Studio Paint, I think that's on like one of its discounts at the moment, 40% okay. off. So, really, really worth getting that if you don't have it. It's like an amazing tool for drawing comic books. Um, good. good to know. Good stuff. Yeah. Get on that as well. Excellent. So we we the recommends a part of the um the part of the program in this one. So we've got two. We're going to start with horror, and that's going to be recommends that come from uh, Tom and Dan. So did you want to did you want to lead us off, Dan? Did you? Yes. You got a little bit of a little bit a of little talk bit about of horror. Yeah, about uh, yeah. Man- horror manga. So like standard uh, manga, horror titles uh, started to appear in the lending libraries. You remember that uh, Helen mentioned last week where where people couldn't afford manga books on their yes. own yeah they would go and rent these out so these started popping up uh horror titles in the 50s and early 60s and they expanded into the mainstream uh from there like so people would make them, their own comics and drop them off at these places yeah they, I think. at the yeah, lending yeah. libraries and then people yeah. come in uh, this the honor system of that of like you're going to rent this comic out and take it back that is just mind-blowing to me because great, can you imagine that <laughs> now <laughs> in this country you, yeah. you take your comic down there and leave it and you you, you think someone's going to pay to rent it out and take it back. I just can't see that happening. But yeah, <laughs> well, great days. Yeah. So, uh, well, most of them are published in Shannon magazines uh, with often scary yet sympathetic protagonists leading through tales about ghosts and demons. Uh, and it was a subculture that kind of evolved from there. And they had the alternative magazine like Garrow. They published like horror stories and you had like anthologies uh, that, that sort of came from them. And it kind of, you can get the whole sort of range from uh, mild creepiness to like extreme gore. Uh, so there is a, there's a lot, lot to it. Like, like all the, the genres, you can kind of, uh, the, the whole range of them. Uh, the, the top five titles that are pulled off of Ranker, the top two are by Junji Ito, which is Uzumaki and Tommy. Uh, the second one, which I've just, I'm about halfway through reading, which is The Drifting Classroom. Which is yes. an older title, uh, early seventies, isn't it, Dan? I think. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's Hiroyi Koyushitsu. Shitsu, uh, is the author. Uh, I'll talk about that. I'll just circle back to that. We've got Museum of Tenbro Chanjin Ito and Suicide Circle, uh, Jihatsu Sakuru. Uh, obviously, Janji the Uzumaki. Uh, I think I heard you wasn't too too mad on that. T. I you read Sensor. Um, I was chatting to. Aiming about it on the never yeah. on anything and we we both read sensor we both read it and i th- i genuinely think man it, because it's one of those expectations things it got built yeah. up more than i think you know like, almost like people are, are it's programmatical isn't it with some people yeah. if you mention horror they got to some somehow mention him and yeah. i was expecting a little bit more I, I don't know if i read the wrong one sensor okay. wasn't quite but i'm going to give him another go because you can't you can't walk into i really enjoyed the uzumaki right spiral. okay uh, is that right guys Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. I really enjoyed that one. That was 
because he kind of like got the, the whole creepiness of stuff going on and it was kind of like a peek into life of like a, a town living on by the, the sea in Japan. It I did buy a like, horror book last week based on one of your recommendations, Dan, which is called I Am a Hero by Ken oh, yeah, that's a, Hanazawa. That's a, Strange one, yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't read it uh, yet, but it looks okay. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. See what you think of it. Yeah, because uh, okay, there's a bit at the beginning of it where the, the main character works as an assistant to uh, someone creating a manga, and yeah, you get a look into that life, which is just oh, as fascinating. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get uh, you. Okay, the drifting, the drifting classroom is uh, a story we might have thought about in your head at some point. Like, what happens if the place I'm in suddenly was like somewhere else, and we all had to get on with stuff? Uh, in this one, the entire school uh, vanishes off the face of the earth and appears in what appears to be a post-apocalyptic future. There's nothing around. There's this barren desert, blackened sands, skies are uh, rolling black clouds, and there's some some kind of apocalypse happened. And it deals with how the school kids and teachers, how they deal with what's happened. And uh, it starts off, like we, we were saying the artwork it seems to be aimed at a certain age group. Maybe that's because of the year, the time period it came out. Yeah. But the the content is like, bloody hell, all these kids have like been cut off from their families and parents that didn't really ask. So they were getting upset and screaming and the teachers try and keep them calm. Uh, there's uh, the guy who delivers the food. They suddenly realize that, hold on, the food and water is going to be a, a valuable commodity. Let's go down and get some. And this one delivery man who, who feels slighted by them, is taken hostage with a kid, stabbed one, uh, and hoarding all the bread and food. Look, kids are getting hacked down all the time because there's a whole school school of kids, and he focused on the one main lad and the couple of people around him. But it's like, bloody hell, you, if I've sort of read this when I was like playing my way through the Beano or, or the Dandy at that age, you'd be like, whoa, what is this? This is yeah. really kind of like <laughs> out there. It's... Uh, it, it's yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I've not got through it all. I think there's about three, four, five volumes of it. Uh, so I'd like to see kind of where it goes. I've got another book I'm going to talk about, but I think you've got a horror title. You're going to talk about Tom. So should we intersperse it with that? Children. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. perfect. Perfectly makes sense. Um, so I'm going to recommend Tokyo Ghoul by uh, Sui Ishida. Uh, now, I'll preface this by saying I read this this morning. I've only read volume one, so the first nine issues. And in short, uh, Tokyo Ghoul follows the story of Ken uh, Kenakai. He was on a uh, on a very pleasant date with a lovely young lady. She was he was walking his walking her home like the good gentleman he is. But then she tries to eat him, but not in the sexy way. In the more <laughs> you can tell he's been on the show before. He has to put that in because he knows what we're thinking. Yeah, in the more cannibalistic way. Um, right. A terrible work safe uh, workplace accident happens, and she is killed in the process of trying to eat him, and he suffers a severe injury, which means he needs part of her organs put inside of him. And he becomes a sort of like half-human, half-ghoul creature. Some kind of metaphor here. Exactly. Um, yeah. One big preface of all of this is there are ghouls in the world. Um, ghouls in this world act a bit like vampires in terms of they eat people, they can only eat human flesh, and they hunt them down. And it's sort of, the, sort of the, uh, the charming killer, like they're hunting them down to get human flesh. And that's kind of where it is at the moment. And it seems like a good one ride, frankly. Art's good. Storytelling seems solid. And the first nine issues was by, frankly. So I'm looking forward to reading more of it. It comes up often as um, a really popular... If you put in popular horror manga, it comes up all the time, that one. Yeah, it's very popular, isn't it? Yeah, and it's well thought of, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Good nice one, man. 
good. Did you want to recommend another one, Dan? Or I think that's like you know, that's got that's got yes, that's got an animated series, hasn't it? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Hmm? Right, my next one is one I picked up during the week, and uh, I didn't realise it had a, a Netflix series already out about it. So this has been. Are you there, Dan? Hello. Dan's disappeared. Dan has disappeared. Okay. Uh, Tony, do you want to go for yours? Uh, yes, I will. Oh, what's happened with Dan there? He was all right, wasn't he? He did change his headphones. I don't know if it's... Uh, so let's uh, put the time in. Okay. I don't know how that works. All right. Okay, so um, for mine, I, I, so we got sort of given tasks this week, really. So Dan said he'll do horror, and I, he gave me fantasy to look up. Um, because mm. I, I'd already looked at quite a lot of it, but if you put fantasy manga into um, into a search engine, it comes up with everything. Everything we've talked about so far comes up. When you think about it, Dragon Ball Z, yeah. you know, everything has got a fantasy element to it, hasn't it? You know, Demon Slayer and all sorts of things. Um, so I thought, right, okay, I'd been reading a little bit about yokai. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of yokai before. I'm guessing you have. Yes, just yeah. a bit yeah. this morning, actually, yeah. Okay, cool. So Yokai translates literally as strange apparitions, which I'm wondering is why Alex called his shop that. Mm. I don't know. I bought some what comics off him about an hour ago, so there you go. Um, it, um, for, for purposes of manga, it is, in fact, it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty much a, um, a genre, you know, um, and it's a class of supernatural natural entities and spirits, um, um, and it's kind of um, an interesting theory because it does come from folklore there's i'll go into the depth of the folklore about it in a second but it's also like an evolving fiction where creatures are, are being created as part of fiction as well it's quite interesting um so yokai also referred to as ayakashi mononoko mononoki which i think is isn't that a film isn't there a princess mononoki or there something is, but yeah. Yes, there is. yeah um dan's just come back so he'll do his book in a second um and mamona um now they're not typically what we might see in horror stories as monsters and demons per se but they do often involve a bit of that they're more sort of i'm going to say like folklory um sort of naturally evolving kind of they're kind of the the creatures you might see at dusk running past you know past a tree in the woods or something or you know just catch mm-hmm. them out of the sort of peripheral corner of your eye um and some of them have shape-shifting abilities etc um they have all different names um and they are talked about i suppose in the same way that in western the western world we would talk about you know the green man or a yeti for example or a bigfoot or something like that um their depictions in stories and art go back absolute centuries so they um you get them described and drawn in arts and stories in japanese edo period um there's even a book of them called a complete dictionary of japanese folklore which is a bit like a bird watching guide for these creatures, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, there, some areas um, are almost tourist attractions in regards to the yokai that come from there. I suppose a little bit. I was thinking about this earlier. I suppose a little bit like something like the Loch Ness monster. You know, okay. like people go to yeah, Loch Ness, yeah. don't they? Almost to see the Loch Ness monster or the Wendigo, Wendigo in Canada or something like that. But it's a really interesting um, genre, um, and it it continues to be evolved and explored. And, and researched as well. Um, um, if you look at it this way, we wouldn't have Pokemon without this tradition. We wouldn't have some of the Studio Ghibli stuff without it. Um, there is a, a picture scroll called Uishi Hiroki Monogatatori Picture Scroll, 
and it's almost a bit like Pokemon, so if you can catch them all. It's almost a bit like that, you know? Um, so I thought, right, well, where does this leave us? This is interesting as a theory. Where does this leave us as part of Manga Month? And I thought, let's go back to talk about what Helen talked about last week um, about in the history of manga. We talked about um, Shigeru Mizuki, um, who was the character who Helen described as losing his arm in World War II. Uh, yes. I did. I did a podcast on onward towards unnoble deaths, which is he is absolutely incredible. Which is I, I I actually claim his mouse good, but also he was known as the master of the yokai genre, um, and he absolutely was obsessed with it. Uh, he lived between nineteen twenty two and twenty fifteen, and um, he died at the, the. A lot of these manga cars seem to live forever, don't they? You know, he died at the age of ninety three, um, and he created a nonstop. He was obsessed by the stories of ghosts and supernatural beings. And there was um, a local woman when he was a child called Fusa Kagayama, um, who he called Nonaba. Uh, and she told him spooky stories when he was very young. And he became obsessed with these stories. In fact, he did a comic about her, about the stories, her and the stories she told him. Um, but he turned it into, he didn't just treat it like a comic. He turned it into fucking industry almost. You know, there's museums about it. There's anime live action i think non-stop anime it's one it kind of like keeps rebooting itself and coming up um so i picked out a book by him called tono monogatani um which is by him 254 pages published by drawn and quarterly um and they're bringing out a lot of his stuff um in fact they've just announced i know um Eamon asked me to give this a shout out i think it's good um They've just announced a repackaging of um, all of his stuff, a redesign of Onward as well, as well as Showa, A History of Japan. So they've really grasped the fact that this is a creator in Japan who is absolutely Tezuka huge over there, you know, Tezuka mm-hmm. huge. But he's, he's just, we don't really see his stuff, but slowly D- D&Q are releasing it, and all credit to them. It's available on Comixology and Amazon, whatever we're calling it now. Um, and you can get it as a hard copy. I've got, I got mine in gosh. Um, now, there's... Um, there's a really interesting text piece at the start of this um, which describes how these stories came about because these are like proper they're like Grimm's fairy tales you know they've almost taken the local stories from travel he's traveled around the this these these people have traveled around the country and um taken these stories now this the stories that these come from that these create from came from um the time that um Japan faced quite an industrialization it was post the Americans arriving um you know they were trying to they were trying to catch up in weapons and industry and stuff like that um and there was a guy called Ino and Enrio who sort of banished them the stories of these things to the past because he sort of said these are childish these are made up stories we we need to banish them um and but a guy called Kunio Yanagita believed that they were part of Japanese the Japanese psyche and he sought to record and preserve them and he tra- traveled around the area called Tono um, which is where a lot of these stories come from and um, with a young writer called Kizen Sakai and they they recorded them all in 1910 the original book Tono Monogatami was published there's just 350 co- copies that were published but eventually it grew and after a while and now it's recognized as being this sort of real classic book so Mizuki um has he was obsessed with it absolutely obsessed with it and he serialized it and what you've got is he's almost he hasn't done all the stories from the original book but he's he's um he's tried to do all of his favorites and it, it appeared in a um, a manga magazine called big comic from 2008 to 2009 and it collects 100 he did 119 stories um it's he does well so these sort of old manga cards he inserts himself into the story so it has him it's hard to say hard to describe him as like a thug like narrator but he sort of just pops up here and there and makes silly comments about stuff you know he says like well that that doesn't sound very good 
you know, he just he sort of turns up in these sort of medieval scenes and says stuff and then sort of wanders off. As is a lot of these manga, it starts off in colour. Um, is this Zach, Zach and Tom, you know this better than me. It's, it's almost like every so often you get four colour pages in this. Is that something that would be in the original magazines, do you know? Yeah. So um, I, I think most series, when they've got their debut... Um, I believe, anyway. Um, right. they, they, they'll start them off with colour pages. Um, and, and if it's a popular series, um, it will be like, you know, you're doing well, we'll give you some colour pages at right. the start. So it's a bit um, like the interior page, you know, the double spread in 2000 AD where, you know, Dread would get it because he's quite popular every so often and that sort of thing maybe. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 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 So, so, so it's almost like, a, you know, well done, you're doing well. Have a few colour pages. Um, but uh, unfortunately, when, when they get published over here in like the um, in the little small... Uh, books yeah uh, they don't get reproduced in color so they kind of they're, right. they're almost like worse pages often because they're all kind of like a bit grayed and muddy um, sort of grayscale i know what you mean yeah, yeah. oh that's interesting yeah i wonder seeing that that makes so much sense now yeah it does mm. doesn't it i was just looking at a page like that from dragon ball and thinking that looks a bit dirty that page what's happening there yeah. So, yeah 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 uh, yeah okay. it's quite a shame but yeah. yeah yeah isn't it interesting i think d and q have obviously sort of treat this with a bit of reverence and hopefully then that's why they've done that you know because the, the colors really reproduced lovely it really looks nice that's um, brilliant yeah yeah i mean it's a weird one actually so when you think this is like grim fairy tales in a way for you know the tono area of japan and a certain period you know it's, it's it actually has a little little nasty edge to it i'm not actually going to say it's necessarily f- there for kids because i think page 10 you get like this is this one of this this numerous stories 119 i think it is and one of them is like some massive woman like a giant woman who's got her breasts out and that's kind of the first story in a a grass skirt um so i I just sort of picked out a couple just before i finish that i thought were interesting ones there's one called ikiagami which is a divine spirit that causes disaster after it crosses your path and that's a really good one so this is you know japanese stories you even get this in yusagi don't there's always someone walking across the country in there Traveling, they're always walking yeah, 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 across yeah. a path somewhere, and this sort of attractive um, woman walks across his path, and and it causes this bloke's life to turn to shit. Um, there's a yokai called an unwon, um, which gets a kick out kick out of frightening travellers, and in that one you don't even see it; it just sort of screams and makes these travellers, you know, jump and run off. Um, this one of my favourite ones is called Makura Gaishi, and it's a it's a demon who creeps into your room at night and flips over your pillow while you're sleeping. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, um, it's a creepy one I think so when you read all this stuff suddenly things like The Ring and you know The Grudge and you kind of think oh I see where they're getting this from you know it's almost like you know the the, the, way, the the same way we do with horror sometimes it comes from that sort of folk tradition of I suppose that's where vampires come from in a way isn't it you know um, there's one called Zashiki Warashi which is a house spirit in the form of children um, and they often indicate at the start that the household will prosper, but afterwards, um, if they leave the house, it means there's going to be disaster. That's quite an, quite an interesting one. And it's just littered with all these different stories. It's just absolutely brilliant. It's it's not like um, I mean, it's quite a long book. I mean, it's two hundred almost two hundred sixty pages, but it's um, little bites. You know, some of the the stories are only two or three pages, and then you get another one that's like eight pages. And it's always got the it's always got Mizuki who's, who's just wandering around, looking a bit confused or commenting on things, then wandering into the next scene. And sometimes it doesn't have a chapter break, so you don't know. You have to just sort of pay attention really to the story. To oh, by the way, and there's this other thing that happens in the woods or around the corner. You know, it's a bit like that, but absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I wrote down a couple of things that he says. He says this won't end well. 
I kind of like that sort of thing I say. Um, and that doesn't look very healthy, is another thing he says. Um, you can find a copy. I found a copy in Gosh. Uh, they are also notes those copies in foils if you're in central London. Um, but yeah, it's really worth getting. And I can't say enough of how great um, the creator is on this. Honestly, one of my, he's, he's definitely in my top five creators of all time. It's just brilliant. Yeah, you know, really good. A guy who lost a fucking arm, as Helen was saying last week, lost an arm in the war, his drawing arm, and then had to teach himself to draw when he came home with his other arm. Yeah, amazing. These people. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So get into the old yokai. You'll see there's tendrils from it to probably loads of shonen manga, you know, Demon Slayer, you know, all this sort of thing. You'll see that there's loads of tendrils that come from this, this area of comics, an area of folklore back into back into the world the world of shonen manga that we, we've been talking about but yeah that's a good one yokai have a look for that y-o-k-a-i as it is a translation that's my one dan did you want to do your one because you broke up there mate didn't you yeah did you wanna... my yeah. internet decided to, to die yeah uh halfway through so it's it's hellbound okay uh, it's actually a korean uh comic and it's art by Choi goyusuk and written by leon yon sangho uh you might have seen some of uh yon sangho's work before he wrote uh train to busan oh okay all right yeah it's yeah. a great little uh, horror film that one uh this was originally published on webtoons and the artwork is something about i think it's pretty much 90 percent photographic backgrounds but it's not like they've just run it through a filter on photoshop and uh bob's your uncle you, you can tell it's a photoshop filter but obviously they've got these locations and they've shot heavily around the environment to work in the characters okay. so it's not just like okay. oh they've, they've googled a picture of an office and tried to work it in there the, the environment is the same environment every time they go like when they the main one of the main characters goes to the police station it's the same office set up so they might have either done loads and loads of shots in a location and then they've gone back to it every time and drawn over it because sometimes it, it, it feels fine the artwork like it's just these are the people and this is the drawing but some of the time it feels like the characters like 2d characters floating on a on a photo 3d background doesn't quite work but uh it originally started as a, a webtoons and i think i mentioned to you guys before that we start recording especially to tom sometimes webtoon stuff feels like it treads water a lot okay like it's not the pace is quite slow because you've got that scrolling format it's not like everything's coming at you 100 miles an hour. If there's a panel of two people talking in a more conventional comic, you'd have three three word balloons in the one panel. In this, they break down every one of those interactions to sort of like, here's that character talking, here's that character talking, here's that character talking. So you've got that on the scroll to interact with it. It's, it's just a different way of doing. Yeah. Uh, essentially, the story, started, uh, apparitions have started appearing and you get like this ghostly message that tells the person what their name is, the fact they're going to go to hell and they've only got a certain amount of time left. That could be days, months, years. And no matter where you go, you can't run, you can't escape from it. On that time, when that time comes around, these supernatural beings manifest up, rip into you and then leave behind like a burning, smoldering corpse. And when I first thought, oh, is that, is that going to be the theory of them trying to basically work out why this has happened? But it actually focused on like a societal, how, how would society deal with this? What would, what would society play out as? So you get events like, uh, obviously, 
it, it goes into unrest straight away. Uh, so it's set in South Korea. There's like religious sects popping up saying, this is the reason why this is happening. Another one goes, no, that's not the reason. And essentially everyone's kind of like on top of one another saying, why is this happening? Why are, people, are the people going to hell? And if people are like a kind of daily mail thing, if someone gets killed like this, <laughs> they deserved it. They were, they were doing wrong. Right. That's, that's why they're dead. So, and if, if this does happen to people, that's fine because they're sinners and it's just backing up the fact that you shouldn't sin. Christ, I'm in so trouble. In, yeah, like anyone, <laughs> but also plays out in the story. I, I don't want to spoil too much. Uh, some of the people that, that die haven't done anything wrong. So right. there's sort of questions of like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, it, it's interesting. One of the, the early ones, there's, it happens to a woman and she's got two kids. She's a single mother. And one of the religions pay her to go on TV at the time it's going to happen and whatever happens to her, her two kids are going to get loads of money because the, the religion wants to film what's going to happen. But obviously the, the police and the authorities are not too mad on this because if this just comes out and it's real, most of them don't believe it's, it's true. But if this does play out on TV, that's going to, everyone's going to go fucking nuts. Cause if you see demons popping up on TV, uh, it's kind of going to throw your, your, your worldview into uh a bit of a nosedive and the, the, you go along with one of the protagonists at the start is a police detective who's lost his uh, wife uh, in, in a senseless murder by some junkie and he's got he's a, a single father and the story uh, fairly close to the start of the story the the person who commits the the murder get he gets imprisoned on an insanity plea and after a few years he's let out and that comes into a play heavily into the story. Uh, I didn't realize, like I said, this was a, a Netflix, this is on Netflix now. This series, okay, I'll give that a go. So you yeah. can watch the, the 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 live action. I've not seen any of it. I probably will get stuck into it at some point. But uh, I was interested to see where it goes. I mean, there's a massive cliffhanger at the end of this first book, and uh, yeah, I've no idea where this is going to go, which is quite interesting. But usually, you think to yourself, "Well, they can do this, they can do that," and this, I've no idea. So. I'm very interested to see where the series goes. And that's, is that free to read then? I think it's free to read on Webtoons, yeah. You can right. go on that and, and check it out, see if it's your, your cup of tea. Maybe I should have uh, read the Webtoons before I bought the book, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, that's the story of our lives, man, that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check that one out. Hellbound. Good stuff, they're, man. They're Hellbound. Brilliant. That's it. I think we've all, I think we've all recommended. Well done, there. yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the show. Uh, I've got my bit of spiel that I've got from Vince to read through here. Good. So uh, thanks to the guests, Tom and Zach. Yeah, good fellas. stuff, guys. Yeah, thanks for educating us and prompting me to download this app, Tom. And thanks, Zach. That's okay. Yeah. yeah thanks for having us. Oh, Thank always a pleasure, man. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you again. Yeah, be good. If you yeah. want to reach out to us in the pod, uh, get those competition entries in. You can email us at awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. Twitter at the awesome pod, facebook.com forward slash awesome comics podcast, uh, or awesomecomics.podbean.com. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife. Where else can they listen to us? We're on, on uh, Pod Too Lazy to Eat Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, where, a Larry, can... that's a Larry David quote, by the way. 
<laughs> Where can we find you, Tom? <laughs> oh, I mean, you can find me on uh, Twitter. He's Richard not too Bird. lazy. No, <laughs> I put in the time. <laughs> um, you, can find me. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at this chucklehead. And uh, yeah. Go check there. out some of Tom's work on uh, Blender. Which yes, you can find it on the on Twitter, can't you? You're posting it on Twitter. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, I'm at Monstrous Comics on uh, I think Twitter and Instagram, and uh, yeah, you can read my stuff in the Phoenix if you're so inclined. Uh, yeah. Good. It's good. Yeah. Look out for the new story. Do you, do you want to remind us what that story is called, Zach? Oh yeah, uh, Dragon Guard. Dragon Guard. What a good name. Out for that Cracking name. And also yeah. <laughs> go to the Phoenix. Uh, YouTube and see how to draw monsters. And if your yes. kids are annoying, then get them to draw monsters. It'll shut them up for a bit. If yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do do uh, that. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic, and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. Even I fucked that up. My own thing. <laughs> Tony, where can we find your stuff? Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Tribute Press. Thanks to everyone who is a patron to that. Um, we've got um, something being written by Posey Simmons. We're very proud of coming up soon. So. Um, yeah, she's written us something, which um, you might might surprise you a little bit about Posey. But uh, wait till okay. you see it. Yeah, if you're a patron, you'll get to see that. Yeah, uh, good. And there's one last shout-out. Vince, hope you get better soon, man. Yeah, get well mm. soon, man. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Everyone tweet at Vince, get well soon. Yeah. Get well soon. Yeah, if you know where he lives, pop around his house. Yeah. Yeah. So he's laying in bed, like, half sick, delirious, and his phone keeps going off and annoying. <laughs> yeah. He's still got a lazy on, though. You know what he's like. He's a player, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> right, and they, yeah. uh, I think we guess we uh, offer them a great week. Have a good old time. Hopefully, we'll see you on the drink and draw. Yeah, come along uh, Friday because it'll be a yeah. chuckle. Yeah, I think all th- yes. hopefully Vince will be better, and we'll all be there. Yeah, larking about. Yeah, be good. Up. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember how Vince does starts his last uh, bit. He always does like a "We all love you, stay safe" thing, doesn't he? Yeah, and yeah. I say I don't love people. And he goes, "What do they say? They got us." Oh fucking! Hell, I can't remember. How he leads up. <laughs> stay, stay awesome, basically. Yeah. So everyone say, "Stay awesome." Stay awesome. That was fucking yeah. shite. <laughs> we have a countdown. I'm ashamed of us. Good. <laughs> See you all later. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs>